We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please help! Yeah. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Is For Podcast. My name is Sarge, and joining me tonight is my brother from a different mother. His name is Monster. How you doing today, Monster? I was I was waiting on the edge of my seat to see if that was me or danger. I wasn't sure where you were going with it, but I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Not to be in the shadow of Monster at all. Well, I have little. my <laughs> I have my bestie from a different testie. His name is Danger. How are you? How's Dangerland? I I'm good and I rhyme. Bestie and testy. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> So you could tonight, you could say that I'm well-rounded. Yeah, yeah, we could. We could. A little hairy, maybe slightly wrinkly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so well described. Is, yes. So this is season four. Welcome. Welcome. Season the four. first episode of season four. We made it. We made it to season four. That's a Not, lot of letters. I know. Not only did we make it to season four, but ladies and gentlemen, we are affiliates with Podbean. Which is absolutely amazing. So if you want to start your own podcast, all you have to do is go to podbean.com slash Sarge and sign up and you get a free month. It's like not, the best deal ever. Just give it a try. Sarge. No, just not Danger da- Sarge. Danger we'll, Sarge. We will we will put the link in. It'll be it'll be in the podcast for y'all. So today's episode is the letter A, and we're gonna talk about attributes, alignments, and the death of Wizards of the Coast. Okay, so I just realized this as you said it, and I should have realized this before now, given what the the name of our our thing has been for a while. But Sergeant Danger sounds like a badass superhero. Sergeant Danger, I like it. Anyway, go on. Yeah, but what does Danger Sarge sound like? Bubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on, go on. We are. This is not an actual podcast. This episode is not about. Specifically, Dungeons and Dragons and the and the nuances and the technical stuff behind Dungeons and Dragons. What this is is if if you're a huge Dungeons and Dragons fan, I know I am. I know Monster is. No, I'm sorry, Monster is not. He dabbles in it a little bit with the board game, if I remember correctly. But Danger is for sure in it. He he really loves the stuff. He has friends that love this stuff. But if you're really into the community, you know that Wizards of the Coast, who is owned by Hasbro who owns Dungeons and Dragons, put out a OGL 1.1. And that has caused a community uproar. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes, the original gaming license. Okay. So in 2000, the original gaming license was put out by Wizards of the Coast. It provided a space for creators to develop their own content, inspire the world of Dungeons and Dragons, and quickly introduces new homebrew Books, unique character sheets, races, items, and so much more directly contributing to the, to the success that Dungeons & Dragons now holds across the globe. What that means is before the year 2000, Dungeons & Dragons was, was typically used as a dying medium of tabletop gaming. There wasn't a huge, a huge player base for it. But in the year 2000, everyone... Everyone was like, let's get to do this again because the age of computers, we were able to update, communicate, uh, write our own stories, and it just exploded. Now, it kind of tapered off towards 
the uh, beginning actually of COVID. But when COVID took over and everyone started using these virtual meeting places for Dungeons and Dragons, it took off again. Also, Steam has a virtual tabletop simulator, which a lot of people use for tabletop games now. Now, Monster, you had your finger up in the air like you wanted to say something. So what do you got? Well, I, I was just going to say that I thought it was interesting that you said that it was starting to drop off because I was thinking with the advancements in technology and eventually you got there that like what we're doing right now, we're all three in different houses, but we're doing this together. Um, I, I know I have some friends that play D and D exactly. You guys are like in a house. This. You guys are in a house. Okay. I, I I did see the overpass behind you. I know you're under a bridge, and I'm sorry for that. I really hope that gets um, gets fixed soon. I know it's cold outside, um, but it, yes, it in the comfort in the comfort of my warm home, um, I know people who play Dungeons and Dragons exactly like this. It it, it works because before. Before the access to these virtual meetings places, you would literally have to have your friends clear their schedules to play a game that will, would literally you would get together and play for four, five, six hours at a session and yep. sometimes not even get anywhere. Oh, yeah. So I uh, I had a campaign with some friends of mine that I think we ended up taking about four years to play it just because getting everybody together <laughs> often enough to play was, I mean, like I would say like pulling teeth, but I was, I would say like pulling shark's teeth. I mean, it was just, it was almost impossible to get us all in one place on a regular basis. And well, this doing it like this makes it so much easier. And, and I know that like, like you said a few minutes ago, Sarge, I'm not a big Dungeons and Dragons guy, but we did play a couple of other games and I'm sure I will find many opportunities to interject <laughs> my love of hero quest throughout this. Um, but that's kind of what would happen with us. We, me and my brother and uh, some, some other family members, sometimes wives and girlfriends and kids or whatever would get together like once a week for nerd night and play hero quest um and we would do it for like three or four weeks in a row and get like real into it and then go four months without doing it mm -hmm. get back together and go what the hell are we doing like mm -hmm. we have to start over now <laughs> yeah yeah and then you play for that three four hours and you still don't get anywhere because you have to start over next time yeah right exactly Mm -hmm. So for those of you not familiar with OGL 1.1, right? It's it is uh, a new gaming license that will allow Wizards of the Coast uh, again to people who own Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it allows them to keep an eye on what's being made underneath the Dungeons and Dragons name, which in turn shouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, prior to 1.1's release, which uh, it's not even out yet. It's supposed to be out January of 2024, but I'll get to that in a minute. You have, if you made a homebrew or, or a class or, or a race or an item, something like that, in the past, you had the chance of Wizards of the Coast adopting it into canon or lore and being put as an acceptable uh, addendum to 
the uh, what is it? We're up to five. Um, yeah, I edition, think the last edition. Thing I heard was edition yeah. five. Yeah. But what they did when they put out this document, which this document wasn't even supposed to be made public. This was an inner office document that somebody at Wizards of the Coast was like, no, screw this, and leaked this to the internet. And the internet went wild. And the thing is, is Wizards of the Coast even said this is a legitimate document. They started having press releases about this document saying, yes, this was not supposed to be circulated. This is genuine. This is what is in the works. Okay, question for you. So do you think that it was actually leaked or do you think it was yes. quote unquote leaked? Like, I okay. Absolutely. Now, think it was leaked. I think that it may have been quote unquote leaked and just labeled that just to, you know, as a publicity stunt, if you will, because when's the last time you really heard Dungeons and Dragons and Wizards of the Coast, did, like stirring up any kind of news or dust of any one D and D. Okay, the, those words don't mean anything. I'll, me. I'll, I, I will get. I will get to it in a minute. I, I, honestly, okay. I, I get. Yes, what is up there? Oh, I there. will say, and and maybe this is old old hat or something. But what I did seem to notice recently, within the past, I don't know, maybe a year, two years, um, I have seen Dungeons and Dragons starter kits or mm -hmm. whatever places like target and yep. barnes and noble and walmart and i mean again not that i'm the connoisseur of dungeons and dragons but i didn't think that was like you said it's not a quote-unquote mainstream kind of thing so it seems like it has kind of crept into a little more of a mainstream mm -hmm. position it, it has now those i actually own the uh airborne starter kit and, I do too. And oh yeah, that's a good one. It's an officially licensed. <laughs> it's officially <laughs> licensed, which means the creator I of Airborne. Fit in. <laughs> the creator of Airborne is uh, has a licensing permit from Wizards of the Coast, which they should, if they're going to make money off of it to that degree, to be in Target and Walmart and everything like that. They should have a licensing agreement, and. Understand, I'm going to play devil's advocate through this a few times because there's as a business, as a person with a business degree, I kind of understand. But so back, I back just kind of, well, I just kind of figured the reason why we I've seen these pop up in Walmart, Target, and all is because Hasbro is Hasbro. Yes, Hasbro is Hasbro. And again, we're going to get into True. something right. here in a minute that's going to kind of make you scratch your head for a second. All right. So, Monster, let's quit. Thinking that we know what we're talking about and let Sarge tell us what we're talking about. I'm not telling you. I'm just giving you the facts. Now, these let facts me know. I... Let me know when you want me to tell you some cool hero quest news because there is some hero quest news too. Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. So guys, here is the official response from Wizards of the Coast. This revised license is intended to protect the D&D brand by reducing creator confusion, preventing bad actors from tarnishing it, and preventing large businesses from profiting off of it without the proper checks and balances. Meaning one of the purposes of this document is to essentially keep an eye on what's being punished under the D&D name. The, I, and now we're going to get into this. Wait, wait, I believe you mean what's being published. You said punished. Yes, published. Which is, My apologies. Okay. I'm okay. getting to the punishment part right now. <laughs> Why so are this, they being punished? Well, this, it, this is you, getting you know, naughty. Yeah. 
Okay. I was so just this rolling with stuff. it, thinking that it was what it was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I jumped down in my notes and I saw the word punish and I threw that in there. It's one of those slips. Why Businesses is the word punish in your notes? Because what I'm are we doing later? You, you, you'll have to wait and see. It's a long drive. The proper checks and balances will require all creators making a profit on their D&D-related work, be that $1 or $50,000, to log their profits, products, and obtain a creator's product badge for their work as stated in D&D Beyond. This includes anyone making D&D content through Kickstarter, social media when making money through ads, book creations, adventure models, and homebrew content. Those earning over $750,000 a year will be required to share some of the of that success with Wizards of the Wizards of the Coast by paying a royalty fee of up to 25% on all qualifying revenue. They make an excess of $750,000. Now, this is where it's going to get the bad stuff comes in. So are you familiar with Critical Role? Anybody? Yeah. Yep. Right, are you, you familiar know. with uh, Critical Role I've, Monster? I've heard of it. Is, it. is it a TV show or a podcast? It's a YouTube channel where professional YouTube. voice okay. actors get on here and play Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, it's okay. highly popular. Is, yeah. is that what I used to watch? That, I think, think you're I... thinking of Harmon Quest. Yeah. Yes, Harmon yeah. Quest is what I watched instead of working when I worked with with danger that's right okay. yes got it yes yes i hired you and then you just watched uh shows all day hours of harm <laughs> yes. yes yes yeah so people like critical role or black raven books or uh what's it what is it called um uh who i forget the person that makes uh pathfinder but all those Nissan? companies oh. no it's, it's it's a tabletop game based <laughs> off of dungeons and dragons it is, um, I think it's Pariah Games, I think is what it is. I don't, I'm not sure. But anyways, they are... Punish Games? No. <laughs> so what Wizards of the Coast That's is later. saying later on down in their letter, which I'm skipping over all the minutia, is if you've made over $750,000 on any of your D&D products for the past seven years, each year that you've made $750,000, you owe Wizards of the Coast Back pay, twenty five per twenty five percent royalties of each year or total of each year. Okay, okay. as it's someone, money, but you know, it is. But as someone who is adjacent to the music industry, I won't say I'm in the music industry, <laughs> but um, you smell royalties. It. Yes, I'm. I'm like right there. Um, that's not a terrible no it's deal. not because because if you create something just with you and your friends and it's just for something for you guys to do for fun i.e play in a band but you create something that people want and they purchase it and then wizards of the coast market it for you and put it in stores for you then yeah you're kind of obligated to give a percentage of the revenue back i would think wizards of the coast did not market make or advertise anything from critical role or pathfinder or any of that 
that's what I was getting ready to say. Like, is it okay. if you make something and you claim it to be a part of the D and D universe, or you use D and D universe to be your thing, like Critical Role? Um, yeah. Is it, okay. So, like, so if essentially, I were to, if, if I were take... to make a beer and call it the Gary Gygax Brew, you know, they could they come after that? Yes. Okay. I'm not drinking anything that's called Gygax. That sounds like a <laughs> so ooh, to put that's... it in to put it in a monster term. Imagine you had a Gibson guitar, and you've you've all of a sudden made it big, playing a Gibson guitar, and then Gibson comes along and goes, "Hey, since you used our guitar, this tool, to be successful, you now owe us money because you used our guitar that we made." I understand the analogy, but that's not how it works. So it's, you know, I know that's you're not kind how of 50 50 on that. I know that's not how it works. I'm just using it as an example. So what they're saying is you take the D and D fifth edition book, you strip all the stupid stuff out of it and you make a game called Pathfinder. Now they're saying that the creators of Pathfinder owe them money. Okay. So, but, but how can, uh, how can wizards of the coast or, or Hasbro or whatever own elves dwarves dragons like these are these are universal creatures that have been around for millennia like how do you just like say hey if you make a game with with wizards and swords you gotta pay us like yeah so actually this that actually got settled i want to say it was december of last year or maybe january of this year are you guys familiar with on in 60 seconds the Nicolas Cage film or the Both. one before? Okay, yeah, yeah. You should yeah. be at least familiar with one of them. Yes, yeah. Or was it uh, Steve Monster. McQueen was the first one? Yeah, okay. Are you familiar with Gone in 60 Seconds? I I know they exist, but I don't think I've ever seen one. I saw, You're not missing anything. It's a- I saw Drive Angry. No, totally different set. So okay, in, the, in, in the movie's Gone in 60 Seconds, there was a 67 Mustang Shelby called Eleanor. Now, in the original Gone, it's a real in, pretty car. It is. In the original Gone in sixty seconds, there was a clause made by the Hinkle Foundation that said that there was only allowed to be like four of these cars ever made, named Eleanor, and that was okay. Fast forward to the Nicolas Cage Gone in Gone in sixty seconds. They had to get permission from the foundation to make another bunch of stunt ones that looked exactly like it, and they did. Now, fast forward to a YouTube channel called B is for Build. This guy took a, a uh, I think it was a 2000s model Mustang and started to mod it to look like the 67 Shelby. Eleanor and the foundation actually sued him, took him to court, took his car and everything he made. He had to take all the videos down. Off of face, uh, off of YouTube, and he put one three-minute video on that was like, "This car is this project is now gone. All parts and pieces are owned by the Gone in sixty seconds crew." And uh, the Shelby, are you guys familiar with Shelby America? Mm-hmm. Yep. So they actually took the foundation to court, and I think it was either December of this year or December of last year, or December or January of this year. The court actually said you cannot trademark a character. You cannot yep. trademark that stuff anymore. That's okay, not but, true because there's other cases where it's happened. But go on, Muster. Well, I was just going to say, but if they followed the Wizards of the Coast model and just said, hey, 
we admire what you did here. We think this is a great car. You did a really great job. But if you were going to profit on your YouTube channel by advertising what you did with this vehicle, we have to get our royalty check. We have to get our revenue cut because you're using our product for your success. But they like, weren't. That's just the thing. Uh, I, right, 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 right. I, I don't think they had the right to sue, but I do think they had the right to to do the Wizards of the Coast thing and say, hey, we get a cut of your revenue from these videos featuring our... I, I would thing. 100% agree with you on that if they were building an actual 1967 Mustang GT Shelby. I would 100% be in your corner. Okay. That, but they're... Okay. They, that's they true. had to hand make and hand they had to hand manufacture every piece of that car. Okay. Okay. So I have two things. Number one, this guy's channel is called B is for build, right? Yeah. So can we sue him? Because we have a B is for back to the future and B is for other things. So yeah. Fair um, use laws. You you, yeah. you get that that's what the judge ruled on. You can't you cannot copyright a non-existent character or a non or, or something that is I forget how the word the legalese for it, but essentially, technically, B is for build can now sue them and get their car back and any money that they took. Okay, so I think that for L we should do L is for lawsuit and <laughs> and talk well, about I, Mr. B is for build. I had a pretty cool thing planned for B um for this season but you know what we'll just do b is for built and i will spend 30 minutes to an hour discussing things i've built which is going to be really boring because i can't build shit i was so, gonna say it's know. gonna be a short episode good luck on getting 30 minutes out of it because i know built. <laughs> yeah but okay so i've now built I a can... bad reputation <laughs> now i could see i could see them having grounds for if you have used a Dungeons and Dragons, used the Dungeons and Dragons project or product to make money, like in the case of Critical Role. Now, I don't think it's fair or right of them because, as Monster is saying, you can't own these, you can't own elves and dwarves and whatever. Like you, you can't. Right. Yeah. That stuff has been around forever. Now, if you used Dungeons and Dragons to make money and you claimed it to be Dungeons and Dragons, like Harmon Quest does not claim it to be Dungeons and Dragons. They just claim it to be a role-playing yeah. game. Now, if you are mm. making another role-playing game, then you should like Hero Quest. To, like Hero Quest, right. But there's Pathfinder a ton. 2E. Yeah. Um, Nissan uh, board game, Pathfinder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... There are tons of board games. And I mean, I've played uh, tons of board games that are role-playing games. And there's an entire market out there for it. Now, if Dungeons & Dragons was the thing that started that, fine. But you're not claiming it to be Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, now, exactly. one time, now, now, one time, Danger did invite me over to do this role-playing game. And when I walked in, he was dressed like a schoolgirl. And I was... I I was really confused. It wasn't what I was expecting. I unsheathed my sword, and it, it was a really uncomfortable situation. We remember, we ladies, on the same page. Means no, and it's for I, no. I, I rolled it's several. Word is banana. I kept rolling and kept rolling, and I I never I never rolled the right combination of numbers. Now, um, when you say unsheathed your sword, 
That's <laughs> just uh, moving right along here. Back, back into the back into uh, you know, hey, finding a schoolgirl outfit that fits me is not an easy task. I had to show it to somebody. Right. So, <laughs> have you ever been to the big and tall section of Wet Seal? It's not. It's not a lot of options. <laughs> All right. So a lot of people are, have been oh, on, on the internet were asking, you know, what what is the purpose of OGL 1.1? Well, OGL 1.1 is supposed to be sistered up with 1D&D. 1D&D, according to the official press release, I'm using the official pre uh, press release, uh, this is a next phase in major, major changes for Dungeons & Dragons, and it will occur under the name of one the One D and D initiative, which includes a public play test for the next version of Dungeons and Dragons, revised editions of the Player Handbook, Monster Manual, Dungeon Master's Guide are scheduled to be released. The first public play test, Unearthed Arcana Character Origins, will be released on D and D Beyond on August eighteenth. Samantha, uh, yep. So. What one D and D essentially is, is there will be no more additions to Dungeons and Dragons. This one edition will constantly be edited in real time. I don't like that. So it's Wikipedia for Dungeons and Dragons. Essentially, essentially the Dungeon Master's Handbook, for example, it will be edited in real time, meaning that you could be in the middle of a, you could be in the middle of a campaign. Right, and they could push the new edition to you with changes to your to your game. I don't like which, that. Which is, I believe, mm -hmm. is why they are pushing for this one point one to get control of everything, so you cannot create your own homebrew anymore. And if you do, you have to label it something stupid, like tabletop adventure with elves or something like that. Yeah, but what are they gonna do? They're they're gonna monitor your you and your six buddies sitting around a coffee table. Like, I mean, well, no. Just, I mean, if do... somebody wants to watch, that's fine. That's on them. How boring it is. <laughs> yeah, I, like when I came, you were in the schoolgirl outfit. I saw at least three cameras. I mean, people were monitoring that, but that wasn't boring. <laughs> <laughs> I so, kept hearing this like ka-ching thing in the background. It was really weird. So there's um, been a couple of things. One of us made money. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so there's time. been a couple of things. There's been a couple of things happening real time, even to today that I didn't get a chance to put in my notes, but I will, I, I will, I will hit them real quick. And then we can talk about what they could have done better and how. So, uh, upon release of this, this notice of OGL 1.1, a lot of people have actually canceled their reoccurring subscriptions to D and D beyond. Which okay. So what? Wouldn't the recurring subscription give them the updated information? What do you mean? Well, I mean, if they're updating it in real time, well, no, what they're, what they're saying them to make it a subscription based thing. I don't know. They haven't put out too much more on one D and D. All I do know is I believe you get access to one D and D through D and D beyond, which D and D beyond gives you access to official character sheets, uh, yep. official maps, Discounts on the player books, on merchandise, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have actually canceled D&D &D Beyond. And since this has happened at the beginning of the month, the stock of Hasbro has plummeted to a 15-year record low of like six. I think I just checked it a little bit ago. It was like $64 a share. 
mm. which is a third of what it normally is. Okay. I've, I'm, I'm sorry. So you guys have probably seen me messing around on my phone. I have been Googling how I can sue them for using the term monster manual because I have a monster manual that I give to new people that I meet so they know how to speak to me. And I don't like them stealing my likeness. I feel like I have a case. Well, I mean, you may as well go ahead and try to sue Monster Magnet as well. I mean, just go uh, check out the music. Shh, shh, shh. They existed before I did, so I can't okay. just okay. Okay. <laughs> move okay. on. Move on. Yeah. No, I, I mean, their stock being at a low, when they're pushing something like this, it's going to take a huge reversal if this is the thing that, that affected their stock prices so much. It's going to take a huge reversal yeah. for that to, to turn around. And well, here's so like Candyland Four. I don't know the creators of Pathfinder Two E, right? They actually came out and they were like, "This is what we're going to do now." Since Wizards of the Coast is doing this, we're going to give you the same OGL license that Wizard of the Coast gives you when you purchase the game, but we're going to do one step further, and we're going to do the same thing as D and D Beyond and One D and D, except you you can create your own stuff within the application itself. You can create your own things within the application instead of being locked into what they say is official, which means okay. you'll be able to share it easier and small creators will be able to make Pathfinder homebrews and Pathfinder miniatures and all this other kind of stuff. So they're circumventing keep, the Wizard of the Coast stuff. You which keep I think is awesome. homebrew. Yeah. And I want a beer now. So go on. Anyway. A is for alcoholic anonymous. I finished my beer, and you keep saying homebrew, which makes me want another. So, okay, I, this is the part that I'm struggling with. I know that in 2023, we're all connected through the internet and Zoom and social media and all this. We're all thing. one, Monster. We're all one. We're all Welcome. one conscious, heaving mass of electrodes. Um, But... I heaving mess i don't yeah heaving. it's heaving if you don't feel it heaving then have another beer but what okay. i'm struggling with is if i pick up my guitar and i play my guitar in my room and i'm just hanging out and i'm playing riffs by bands i like i don't owe that band anything because i'm just you sitting know. in my room playing guitar if i record myself playing those songs and share it with the world and somebody likes it and i start getting paid off of a cover you have to give royalties to that band for using their music you do how however is everybody that plays dungeons and dragons broadcasting it like i i don't understand like why this is such a big tabletop topic. tabletop streaming right is actually the fourth largest or sorry the most the fourth most viewed channels on Twitch. Four. So, so you have so you have Call of Duty number 1 of course and then you have games like uh Halo and then you have uh what is that what Fortnite and then you have yeah. RPG tabletop games. So okay Monster to what you were saying, there have been way, way more 
cases and lawsuits and, you know, dissecting little nuances of the music industry overall. And so, you know, any moves that happen within the music industry between, you know, a creator and a person copying it, just taking a, a sample of it and all, that has, it's been done thoroughly to the point of there's no escaping any sort of thing that comes out of it. That hasn't been, you know, dove into to a painstaking point as it has the music industry in games and then definitely not in comedy. And it's even harder to prove in comedy. But, you know, this has been a slippery, slippery slope. And, and here's what I mean. You have people streaming tabletop games of all kinds, you know, from uh, Candyland and Monopoly to Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, like every, every kind of game. Now, um, I can't remember what his, what his channel is called, what his show is called. Will Wheaton has a tabletop gaming. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he pays out. I could be talking out my butt at this point. I don't really care because I'm already in it. But does he pay out a royalty? Does he give a fee to the creators of every game that he plays? Mm -hmm. I don't think I, I bet he doesn't. And in fact, in that case, I think it's almost reversed because see, I like, would agree. Wizards, Cause I think a uh, wizards of the coast, like if the three of us were to set up a D and D game, it would be an absolute disaster of a time. But if we were to do this and people were to tune in and watch, then they would want some kind of compensation because we're using all of their terminology and their, their characters and whatever, where on the flip side, if one of you was John Cena and one of us was Michael Sarah, and one of us was Shannon Tatum, then they would probably be like, oh, please, please play our game. And please let us, you know, what, what, what can we do to make your gaming experience better? Like they would want that kind of publicity because they know instead of hundreds of people, millions of people will watch. You know what I mean? Now yeah. I appreciate you comparing me to John Cena, but I feel like I'm closer to mankind with the beard and the and flannel. Just well, so I was going for Channing Tatum. Sarge is Michael Sarah, just so we're all on the same page. Okay. You smell like soup. Fair enough. That's what I think of every time I hear Michael Sarah. But anyway. So here's here's what here's what Wizards of the Coast did when all this bad That's Michael publicity Shannon. started. All right. What Wizards of the Coast did is they sent a bunch of high profile tabletop game players. A bunch of free crap for them to promote on their channels, right? Try to try to bury the the negative with some people saying some positive, right? Yeah. But what they did is they also sent a checklist that you were supposed to follow when talking about their stuff. What you were supposed to say, at which point you were supposed to say it, what words you were to exclude, which words you were to include, and all this stuff. And if it, it got posted on social media and then that blew up. Yeah, Critical I was expecting role. you to say they sent free stuff along with a uh, a uh, like serving them papers <laughs> along yeah. with their free swag. <laughs> so Critical Role, who posted their response to 1.1, was kind of straddling that line of I I have to be nice to Wizards of the Coast because a lot of people didn't realize that they they have been sponsored from D and D Beyond. 
since August of last year. So mm. one of their biggest sponsors is the one screwing over the gaming community. So they posted out this tweet, and you can actually see it online, where they're like, look, we understand that the original content creators need to get their, you know, need, need to get their recognition. The game creators need to get their recognition. You know, we're not, essentially, we're not taking any sides, and that that upset so many of their viewers that they actually had a drop in followers and subscribers on their channels across the board. Now, I see if, you know, going back to something I started to say earlier, and then we got sidetracked because we are a podcast of ADD. Um, but Chase the serotonin, baby. I know. Uh, so if you are, you know, getting famous and making money off of D&D, like they did, then yeah, sure, D&D. Just get in there, Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, you know, Hasbro them up the butt and just take all their money. You know, do your thing. But, yeah, is it worth it? I mean, you know, if they are essentially popularizing your thing, you know, sponsor them. And, you know, give them, you know, give them things, give them money. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. So, again, because I am aware that there is a music industry. Oh, um, are we going to get a cat butthole? I I hope hope this is all being video uh, recorded as well. Okay, great. Um, You know what? I'm just going to keep going. Okay, so. (laughs) uh, So, going back to the whole music thing, Max, you are hurting my argument. Well, okay. he's not helping so, it. He's okay. All right. I'm so, quick gonna... disclaimer: Danger and I were a little bit early to the show, and one of the things I said is it would not be oh, a shoot. season of Danger and Sarge without the appearance of a cat butthole. Uh, and we didn't get a butthole. We got everything, all parts, but a butthole. <laughs> you know, not okay. to say I'm asking for it, but yeah, you <laughs> sound like you are. You nope. sound like you're nope. very disappointed you did not see. <laughs> nope. There is not okay. a level of disappointment in my uh, lack of cat butthole dosage. I don't know. Go on. <laughs> hey, this is episode one. There's at least 25 more opportunities for cat butthole. Um, That's true. Wait, is there 26? Okay, I'm yes, not there's 26 letters. Okay, so... Going back to the music thing, to your point, if a band becomes popular over a cover, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the same debate that we're having here. Like Alien Ant Farm, the mo- the vast majority of people don't know them past Smooth Criminal, but Orgy. they're great past Smooth Criminal. They're they are I, they're actually really good. And and orgy, most people only know Blue Monday, but they're a great band too. If you like that kind of you know industrial pop rock kind of stuff, so I, I kind of see it both ways because if you are going to become popular using something that someone else created, mm-hmm. you are at least to some degree you have to pay the price for that. If if you are in a band and you can't break into the mainstream with a song you wrote, then you owe it to the creator of the song you covered. So 
if you want to be internet famous and you can't do it by telling jokes or being charismatic or hosting a really weird podcast where you go through the letters of the alphabet, then you use Dungeons and Dragons. And I don't know. I can kind of see it. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you pay royalties to GE every time you use your stove? That's a little different. You bought the product, so you already took well, it off. Da, 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 da. Exactly what you just said. Exactly. What, if I go to the store and I buy a box set of D&D, I have paid my royalties to that company. But but right. if I start a YouTube channel where I teach mm-hmm. people how to cook and I explain why GE is the best stove to use to cook said items, then you're getting into that gray area again. If like if it's you're making things all underneath fair use. If you're making things, if you're cooking things, and you say I could only make this on a GE stove, which if you can only make something on a GE, are you really doing a good job cooking? I don't know. You you can find <laughs> other stuff. I can only but, make mashed potatoes. Right. Um, yeah, then, but if you use a gas, never mind. I'm not going to do that. I mean, if all you're making is mashed potatoes, you better send some money to Idaho. But. Um, you know, if you're making money because of something made by somebody else, then that's one thing. But if you are using something in a nondescript way and you're not pointing it out and it's not an obvious thing, like if you're using a GE or KitchenAid or whatever, then I think that that is something that we can look past and move forward, move forward from. But if you are, you know, saying, you know, I am playing Dungeons and Dragons. This could only apply to Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Now, if you tried to apply this to HeroQuest, you will fail. You know, that's a bit of a different thing altogether. Now, if I bought a GE stove and then took it home, I don't know GE anything because I just bought their stove and Lowe's is going to get most of that money, but you know. Yep. So here's the, here's the, I want to start wrapping it. I'm going to start winding this down. Wind it down. So here, here, here's what happened actually quite recently within the past 24 hours. Okay. The official spokesman from the Wizard of the Wizard of the Coast has come out and said that we have rolled a zero on this OGL. Ooh. How cute. Oh, yes. Throw out the term. So for those who don't know, if you roll a zero in Dungeons and Dragons or any tabletop game, that is a critical failure. Mm-hmm. You 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 not only fail, but you hurt yourself fail. Right. I mean, it is embarrassing. So they came out and said that they rolled a zero and that they will back off its plans to alter the OGL so that it is led to be in such a way that nobody is calling for a boycott. Additionally, the Hasbro-honed company will not require creators to pay a royalty and that content previously created for the fifth edition on the tabletop gaming role-playing game will remain unaffected. This is what happens when your stock falls to its lowest prices in 15 years. (laughs) Okay, so did they also, like, was there a picture with this press release of a shovel where they're trying Uh, to dig themselves out of a hole? I'm d- I think what they did is it really hurt themselves because, like I said, so now all these other games, like uh, I'm gonna start naming off some tabletop games. So Monster, just I'll explain a minute as I go. <laughs> so you have Pathfinder 2E. They're coming out with their own OGL, right? 
that that's based off of Dungeons and Dragons. And then you have uh, LO5R, Legend of the Five Rings. That is a Japanese style where you're like ninjas and ronin and samurai and stuff like that. Same thing. Now, what Monster would like to play is this is called, this has caused the resurgence of, it's called um, uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, Mm -hmm. where you play as zombies and vampires and vampire hunters and werewolves and all this other kind of stuff. So I, now I did. I was just going to say, I did recently see one called, um, I think it's called horrified or, or yeah, I think it's called horrified and there's two versions. There's one with like the classic universal style monsters. There's like a Dracula and a wolf man and, and, the creature um and then there's also an updated version with like the cryptids and has like uh the loch ness monster and bigfoot and stuff like that um tabletop is not exactly the same as like D necessarily but th- those were two that i thought looked kind of like up my alley so but i used that's... to play oh go ahead go on. oh danger i'm sorry right. go ahead, it's fine um i've been called worse things um so <laughs> You should have t- you should have heard what he told me to call him when I showed up and he was in that girl scout that 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 school girl. We need outfit. to keep this. We need to keep this episode so it doesn't get taken okay. down for inappropriate. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. We're not going to be the next Andrew Tate. It's, I, it's hard. It's going to take a lot for us to get there. But you know, anyway, none of us even share half of his opinions. Anyway, uh, so tabletop games. Uh, you know, that is, I think, one of the things, the the thing, I think that is the thing that is actually at stake within all this, because when you have somebody big like Hasbro come out and start making changes like that, you actually see other things, you know, kind of fall in line behind it. Now, Hasbro has made a change, and then they've started digging themselves out of the hole as of today. So maybe we won't see it, but this does make Tabletop and the... um evolution of tabletop games really or the popularization of tabletop games really take a hit um i would love uh, i used to play uh vampire to masquerade when i was deployed like that was a huge thing for us we were deployed to play tabletop games and that's where i first got my first dabble into vampire to masquerade and it is a very dark game and a lot of people and this is this will be your trigger warning now. What I'm about to say. So in in this, you have to roll to to drain either willing or unwilling victims of their blood. And if you're transforming into a werewolf, were, werewolf, you have to roll to see if your transformation is quick or slow, so painful or not painful, essentially. So there's a bunch of negative modifiers that went with this game. And it was, an ex- like I said, an extremely dark game because you're hunting humans or other vampires and you're trying to, it's, it's like you're trying to take over different districts. You're trying to team up to take out different people to solve different crimes. It was a truly a great game. Yeah, it sounds like a... I wish I could get my hands on it because I would play the hell out of it still. What's I could, it called? I could Vampire the Masquerade, tabletop game. It also used mm-hmm. to be a trading card game like Magic the Gathering as well. Yes, you're you're doing jazz hands over here, monster. What you got? Can I tell my hero quest news now? You know what? You know what? You yes, go ahead. What you got? Do you have it? Last year, they actually remade the game. 
So the original game system that comes with over 70 miniatures, and these are very detailed miniatures of skeletons and zombies and heroes and goblins. I mean, they're really, really cool looking. They've updated all of the artwork for the miniatures. They've upgraded all of the cards and like the spells and the treasure cards and stuff like that. The furniture pieces and the the board looks a little bit different. It's it's a hundred and five dollars, <laughs> but it's it comes complete. Like you can buy expansion packs. They've also remade the expansion packs, which is again maybe I'm crazy, but for a game that came out in the late eighties, early nineties, to basically redo it because of the popularity of you know, tabletop gaming over the past few years. It looks gorgeous. These little pieces are so detailed and they look so cool. And me and my brother both like almost fainted when we saw it, but just don't have the time to really invest in it right now. But if you get a chance, be sure to check it out, especially like kind of a side-by-side comparison, like the, the way it looked when it came out versus the way it looks now. It's pretty cool. So the official name of the Vampire Masquerade is called World of Darkness. And okay. yeah, I'm actually finding that right now. So. And yeah, I just pulled it up real quick. I was I was looking at it earlier because I was like, ah, um, there is so much to this game. Like there's. Oh, yeah. Could, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like, mean, the number one, the, the art, the cover art is gorgeous. All the in all the art in the books. I mean, are phenomenal. I'm trying to see if there's a place to get the uh, books and stuff, but I haven't. Yeah, there is. Found I've had on Amazon just now. You, you have? Yeah, you can find my Amazon. I think it. Oh, were, there it is. Uh, Rivals, the expansion. Oh, that's a card game. Never mind. Yeah, the books were also there, but Heritage. Oh yeah, there, there, there's the books. Heritage chapters, Blood yep. Feud. Yep, there's, there's, there's a lot. Uh, yep. I, I want to say Vendetta was the last one. No, Vendetta, that was one that was coming out, and that's more cyberpunk-esque, which I think is super cool. Oh. I'm excited. So, right. Anyways, it was it was really fun to, like, to really get back into this because, you know, I follow a lot of these Dungeons & Dragons pages on Facebook. And when they started blowing up at the beginning of the year, I was like, what is going on? And then I just dove into it, and I was like, this is terrible. I even, yeah. I even talked to my dad about it. So my dad has second edition Dungeons & Dragons books. And that's how long he's been playing. Like, he doesn't play past second edition. <laughs> that's, but, a, that's a tough edition. Yeah, but he loves it. And when I told him what was going on, he couldn't believe what, what Wizards of the Coast was doing. So now, I have a now, parting question. Oh, I was just going to say one more little shameless plug here. A friend of mine actually has a channel on Twitch. Um, the The name of the show is The Other D Word, and it's her and a, a group of friends playing D&D. Um, I don't know if they're paying Wizards of the Coast to use the, uh, <laughs> to use the uh, IP, but... Um, I haven't watched it, but she's really awesome. So I'm imagining it's probably a lot of fun if you like to watch this sort of thing. Um, so yeah, Twitch, the other D word. 
Okay, I yeah. actually was thinking about going on Steam and getting Tabletop Simulator and seeing what games the three of us could get oh, on and play at once. There's so many games on there. So many games. In fact, HeroQuest was on there. I actually played HeroQuest quite a bit on Tabletop yes. Simulator. Yes. Yes. Yep. So. All right, so at the end of last season, we would end our podcast with 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 bad dad jokes. Mm-hmm. How do you yep. guys want to end it this year? I, uh, I've got like, okay, so we took a little bit of time off and now in the, in the last season, it was, I was, I was finding dad jokes and I was telling the dad jokes as I was finding them, but we have had a a break where I have come across and come up with so many dad jokes. So, so many dad jokes, like for Christmas, I got a whole book of dad jokes. So I am prepared for more dad jokes. Like if, so you say the word, all you got to say is dad, call me daddy. No, mm-hmm. don't, but uh, that's not what you asked me to do. I call it, told you to call me. It's Jill, kind of the, but, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah. Okay. But, look, okay. Look, so <laughs> this is what we'll do. Okay. The host will start the first joke and then the next person can follow. Okay. We'll keep them to a, you have a maximum of two, so make right. them good ones. Oh, I've got good ones. Like I, it's just a brain full of dad jokes. I went to the doctor today. I told my daughter I had to get my blood drawn. She said, "Make sure you get a good artist." That's a that's a good quality one. It's a good quality. Monster. So I'm going to be honest here. For anybody who's listened to last season, you know I try really hard to incorporate the topic into my dad jokes um here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna read you one that i found that i don't understand it makes no sense to me it's words there's a joke and a punchline but i don't know what it means and if either one of you laugh i will be impressed okay okay but you do understand that the best indication for whether or not it's a good or bad dad joke is not laughter it's a groan of anguish yeah, but what I'm saying is I don't know the words I'm reading. Like this goes over my head. Like Okay. Okay, let's just hear it. Why did the halfling stop dating his warforged girlfriend? I don't I like I don't even want to hear the punchline. It's just cuz I like that's enough for me to enjoy. Like you fought your way through that. But why? Because she because she was too high maintenance. Hi. I'm not even going to explain that joke because if you have no, to explain no, it. No, don't. No, don't. Okay. I don't want to know. I, I thought it was great. <laughs> I thought it was great. Okay. Okay. I'm glad I you thank do. You I've got that. more. I thank you for that. Okay. So mine are not themed to this. But do you guys know what ET is short for? Huh. Extra testicle? No, it's because he has short legs. That's, that's what he's short for. Oh, oh okay. nicely done. Yeah, nicely thank done. Nice. Thank you. Okay, Sarge, good. back to you. All right, my final, the final joke of the evening. What do you call a dog with no legs? Doesn't matter. It won't come to you and you call it anyway. <laughs> That's right. I would accept it that or spot. What do you call a dog with no legs? You had legs two already. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I just had one. I just had one so far. Just one. Just He's one. right. 
Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So while while Monster is learning words, um, you got to learn to count. <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna yeah. turn on Sesame Street or Ooh Fraggle Rock. I I I, was th- I thought about doing F is for Fraggle Rock. So you can have one that I understand or one that I don't understand. What would you prefer? I think the ones that you don't understand are outstanding. Okay. The look on your face when you read them mm-hmm. is priceless. It's almost okay. as good as the look on my face when I try to pronounce Japanese names. <laughs> I'm going to do the best I can here. All right. If the barbarian has 10 gold pieces and the rogue steals half of it, what does the rogue take? 1d12 slashing damage. What did I just read? I don't know. What, is that is that English? What is this? <laughs> The baddest part about it is I was thinking five because I was helping one of the girls with math homework before I came down here to record. I hate this. I hate this so much. And (laughs) I I love fantasy stuff, but this is awful. Uh, So what's orange and sounds like a parrot? A carrot. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in on the first episode of season four. My name is Sarge. Joining me tonight was Danger. Say goodbye to Danger. Goodbye to danger. Goodbye to right. danger. And say goodbye to monster. Goodbye, goodbye monster. to monster. All right. We will see you on the next episode. Yep. Later. Bye, everybody. It's over. Done. Done.